and welcome to another episode of Overdrinkers, the podcast where you get to listen to a bunch of people cough on the mic. Shut up. Uh, and also uh, partake of a few beverages, alcoholic, mainly in nature, and uh, talk about a movie and some stuff. Uh, and today, uh, I'm your host, Mike Burge. It me. I'm the only one that hosts this podcast. Hello. And today I'm joined by the lovely, handsome, dashing... Stop. Stop it. Thank you. Robert Anderson. Hey, how you doing there? Uh, the One of the co-hosts of Hot Takes. That is me. Uh, long-time podcaster, long-time yeah. listener. Yeah. Long-time guest. Yeah. We've done... Uh, we did the Guardians of the Galaxy Overdrinkers. That was the last Overdrinkers I was on. Mm-hmm. Done some hot takes, done many hot takes since then. So if you guys want to listen to those. But yeah, haven't been at this table with my good friend Mike Burge in, in some time. Well, here we are and we're going to talk about, um, as I always say, one of my favorite movies. Uh, <laughs> we kind of uh, got onto this idea. We, uh, w- w- You're currently writing a article, working on an article talking about Kevin Smith. And yeah. his film career and kind of like... Focused how, on Clerks specifically. Clerks specifically, yeah. yeah. And so we decided we were like in order to like kind of do some more research and stuff like that, I had recommended to you that you should definitely rewatch Chasing Amy and yeah. kind of touch on that because it's, I think it's one of his favorite, uh, it's one of my favorite movies of his and I think it's probably his best movie. Mm. Um, but that kind of depends on where your loyalties lie as far as like Kevin Smith fandom. Um, so we're talking about uh, Chasing Amy, 1997, directed by Kevin Smith, written by your boy Kevin Smith, starring Ben Affleck, uh, Joey Lauren Adams, and uh, Jason Lee, Jason Lee yep. and uh, Casey Affleck, and Matt Damon. All there. And Scott the Moser. And yeah. How do you know, there. where is Scott Moser in that movie? He's the like, guy notice- at the beginning who's like calling him out for being a tracer. Oh, that. Oh, man. Right? He looks so, yeah. he looks so different. Because yeah. now he's like a very bearded nerd boy. Yeah. Great. Great. And uh, before we move on uh, from over, we have a very special over drinkers. We've got like a, <laughs> we got a double sponsorship going on right now. Um, and so as always on over drinkers, we are partaking of a themed beverage. And um, today we will be uh, sipping down on some sweet Miller high life. You know, uh, the, 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 the sweet beer of the lower class. The, the champagne of beers. Yes, of course. Yeah. And, but for the theme part, what we have is something really special um, a good buddy of mine, uh, Andrew Rouse, uh, he makes these absolutely amazing um, pottery, glasses, bowls, pitchers. They're really, really, really something else. And he gifted me with a few of them not too long ago. Uh, we'll have some pictures of those uh, on our website at, in, in the podcast article, so you can check those out. You can also visit his website at uh, www.andrew-rouse.com. Dot com. That link will also be in the website post, so you don't have to worry about trying to spell it and stuff like that. So we've got these nice little sake shot glasses that he made, which are beautiful. They're great. Mine is red, and Robbie's is blue. Blue pill, red pill. They're fun. Um, and we are going to be drinking. Uh, we have from Dennings Point Distillery in Beacon. Uh, it's uh, a Beacon American whiskey. Uh, and Susan, uh, one of the proprietors of Dennings Point, who's a really good friend of mine, uh, asked me to, I asked her like, what should I say? And it's like, of course you can find their stuff at, um, you know, uh, Dennings Point Distillery.com. 
this particular whiskey, they make vodka, gin, bourbon, American whiskey, a bunch of really cool stuff. They got like a new blueberry gin that just came blueberry out. Blueberry gin, super good. And the uh, the Maid of the Meadow, which is the the honey and herb infused vodka, is to fucking die for. It's phenomenal. It's you actually you you brought me a bottle. Uh, I did as a gift, as a, as a thank you, because I've been going through hardships, and and Mike Burge has been here to lift me off my feet. Well, if there's one thing I know about, it's going through tough shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't we all? Ha 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 ha. Uh, I'm doing great. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm on. I'm on there. the. I'm on the. Uh, the rebound. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so this particular American whiskey, it's eight years old, ninety percent corn, ten percent barley. There's like lots of uh, uh, caramel on the nose or caramel, depending on how you want to do it. It's caramel. Cinnamon spice on the palate and a butterscotch finish. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. That's what Susan sent me. <laughs> uh, that, that was like perfect. And um, you can also like uh, visit their Instagram, Dining's Point Distillery. They got a re- bunch of really cool stuff there. They're at uh, 10 North Chestnut Street in Beacon. And yep. they're open um, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, <clears throat> typically 2 to 8 or 2 to 6. They got a new handsome guy doing the tasting room. He's, he's super nice. Yeah, he's, he's very, very nice. Very nice beard. guy. Looks got like a, a looks like he's got the voice of a podcaster. Sounds like it. Yeah. And yeah. it's you. Oh, yes, yes, it is. Yeah, you're, oh, you're yes. working on over there. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, they got this awesome tasting room where you can like go in and you can like you can try all of the different things they have. You can go on this awesome tour yeah. around the place like where they actually make all of this stuff. Like it's it's really nuts. They've been there for a while. We've done a couple screenings there. We did like the Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs, Dogs screening. Yeah. We did District 9 there, probably mm. some other ones. Um, it's phenomenal over there. It's a really, it's a really good spot. I'm, I'm very happy to be part of the team there now. Yeah. And they're all just like bangers of people. Like, they are so nice and so kind. I've worked at a bunch of different places now and it might be like some of the nicest group of people I've ever met. They mm-hmm. are so sweet. And Andrew Rouse, who made the glasses is also a banger of a human being. Can't, can't speak very, to that. Very good can't guy. speak to that. I don't believe you. You don't believe me on I that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but he's like British. So it's like, really oh, he's British. Yeah. Oh, well then he must be nice. Or English. I don't. It's like, Regard- I think you're allowed to just like kind of regardless, mix uh, he's polite. He's very polite, man. He's very, very, uh, I admit, yeah, sure. He's, he's kind of polite. There you go. Um, and, uh, so, and so we are drinking American whiskey. And so what we are going to be doing is we are going to be chasing, chasing American, American whiskey. Does that make sense, guys? Yes. And... E American whiskey. And every 10 minutes, we're going to set a timer. Every 10 minutes, we're going to take a shot of this delicious American whiskey, which should be savored and really enjoyed. But for the sake of this, we're going to talk about Chasing Amy and we are going to take a shot of American whiskey every 10 minutes. This will help us uh, get it going yes. and uh, trying to get everything out there <laughs> and uh, maybe not go too long. Um, well, uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, so uh cheers to you. Let's uh let's cheers start this off. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's very good. Wow. It's got like you know when like some liquor has like a like almost like medicinal alcoholic taste to it? Mm. Like it has that, but it's also got like this flourish of flavor. So like it hits you, but it's smooth. I was going to say it's so smooth and like the, you know, it has burn because it's like obviously a spirit, but like it's not the same burn that you get from some kind of like lower end whiskeys yeah, like, and stuff a- like a- that. A- this is our ASMR. That's our ASMR. It's a delight. The mouth. Oh, it's a, it, the mouth feel is. It just uh, goes down. Washes over me. 
I'm not a big I'm not mm. a big shot taker. Yeah, I mean, we actually discussed that the other day because you came up with the idea for chasing, and I was like, "That's a great idea." I don't really like shots, and you're like, "Same, same." So we're 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 both um, we're toughing through it. We're toughing through it right now. Yeah. So we'll start the timer up, and um, you know, uh, it was kind of my idea to discuss this movie because I really like it, but yeah. I'd like to throw it to you. Like, so we we discussed this a couple of days ago. We um. We were thinking about ways that we would want to uh, uh, approach it and stuff like that. I had you over for some dinner. We made like this really cool recipe that I'd never heard of before called Jersey hot dogs. Yeah, we were trying to figure out what like a Jersey food like would food be. would be because I wanted to make some food yeah. for you. And it was like it's like uh, two hot dogs on a hoagie with like mm-hmm. like grilled potatoes and red pepper and onions and garlic and olive oil. Like it was really good. It was like you know it's like a hot dog sub and it was hot fire. It was delicious. It was great. Yeah. So we're we're full on that. Jersey I'm being loosen the belt real quick. Yeah. Pop, pop, pop. Jersey being, you know, mo- pretty much all of Kevin Smith's movies are Jersey focused. He's from Jersey himself. He kind of pays homage to his his hometown and his view of ski universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think I think our intention with this is to uh, talk about Chasing Amy, which we both recently rewatched. Yep. Um, I watch it all the time. I love it. It's a very good movie. Um. I think that it has things that we'll eventually get to are maybe some of the um, politics of the movie and how they may or may not have aged gracefully or otherwise um, in the 20 plus years since it came out. And I think we'll also kind of touch on Kevin Smith's like career just as a general kind of scope and stuff like that. Since you're you're preparing to do a clerk's article and, you know, Kevin Smith is somebody that I think, you know, especially like clerks to a red state prior was very much like kind of in like the Hollywood zeitgeist of everything and was like, you know, one of the main dudes that kind of started like the early nineties independent film revolution. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of chasing Amy? What do I think of chasing Amy? What do you think of chasing chasing Amy? Amy? Um, I really liked it. I, I, watching clerks, I had to rewatch clerks again to prepare myself for the article and rewatching clerks was, you know, that movie is very charming. It's an independent darling. It's a Cinderella story for any filmmaker. It's it's great. And then I also watched Small Rats right after that. And then I watched Chasing Amy. And Chasing Amy is great. I, I really like Chasing Amy. And the main kind of gleam, like the kind of main point I took away from it on the second viewing was, you know, when I watched it, for the first time in my early 20s, I identified with Ben Affleck's character, mm-hmm. um, Holden, McNeil. Holden McNeil. And then watching it in 2018 as the person I am now, I much more identify with Alyssa Jones. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think it's her movie, arguably, yeah. from a point of view. I think I think that my my point of view of this movie is what makes it so great to me. And it's a point of view that you may not share. You know, it's like, it's very obvious that Ben Affleck's character Holden is Kevin Smith. Like he's got that goatee. He's involved in comics. He kind of like, you know, he is like the vessel. None too different than for him to like talk about this. stuff. Sure. And, but like, you know, Kevin Smith is, has, has done that in other movies. I mean, like, you know, Dante is a surrogate for Kevin Smith himself as well. Like he has gone on record on saying that, and, you know, I think you can gleam from, like, you know, your protagonist in Clerks, Mallrats, and Chasing Amy that, you know, Kevin Smith has a certain opinion of himself that you may not expect. You know, he's a little self-deprecating. He, I think, is very hard on himself the way he portrays these other characters. Because if you hear Kevin Smith talk, he's like a jolly motherfucker. Oh, yeah. And, he, and he's very good at that. But these these characters, you know, are kind of 
filled with self-doubt or sometimes unmotivated and, you know, really kind of encapsulate like the purgatory of your early 20s that we all so much deal with nowadays, you know, which makes these movies timeless. Very much, especially Clerks and Chasing Amy. I I mean, Clerks is like, you know, there's always going to be that that idea of like, you know, like the server versus like the customer kind of thing where it's like, it's always going to be there no matter how much like the service industry changes or anything Mm -hmm. like that. There's always going to be that like dichotomy that, that, that that versus is always going to be there. Yeah. And the cool thing about clerks is that it doesn't go so much into that kind of like customer versus server warfare that like something like waiting does. Right. Where it's kind of like the war zone and the crossfire and like how we all deal with like that like kind of dichotomy. But Clerks is very much like I think what Clerks is a lot of you know, shed or get off the pot is kind of like the the flat like that's the pull quote, I think, that I always glean from Clerks. And like you know, it's about the movies about how you can be stuck being like, Oh, I'm I have a job, I'm managing this thing. It's not great, but this is what I want to do. And then, you know, Dante himself is surrounded by characters being like, Go back to school, you're better than this. It's not all about the next hockey game. It's about like bettering your life. And I think, you know, Clerks is beautiful because it's about Kevin Smith. That's his first movie. He shat and he got off the pot mm-hmm. and he made a movie, he became the filmmaker yeah. who, you know, critically Nowadays, like, you know, you people kind of love his movies, not into his movies as much. I have some opinions critically of him nowadays, but uh, he did it. Mm-hmm. And that's something special in its own right, you know? I mean, yeah, it's an amazing story, too. Like, that's yeah. a great independent film story, like origin story. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he made Clerks and he kind of, like, set the world on fire, like, with this kind of, like, you know, he was coming around with the likes of, like, uh, Tarantino and Linklater and... Um, you know, Spike Lee, yeah. like he was kind of coming up where all of these guys were like, you know, this, this new young Hollywood revolution was happening. Yeah. And then he does mall rats, then he does mall rats. which is like, just like an hour and a half, like walking, talking fart and dick joke. It's like, I don't want to sound like a dick, but that is just barely a movie. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think it's kind of, I don't know how much of that's on purpose. I think he was trying to kind of go for something that was like a little laid back and maybe not like kind of following the typical standard of what you would expect this kind of thing to be like. But it's also just like a really fucking stupid, trashy, not like stupid, but just like, you know, it's it's a slacker stoner comedy. So it is what it is. But it doesn't really have like doesn't really have any stakes and like, you know, it trying to be that like slice of life style that like Clerks was. It doesn't have the same heart that Clerks had. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the biggest offender of Mallrats is Jay and Silent Bob in that movie are like not what they're supposed to be, at least to me. After, like, well, they're watch, the new, like... They're like, yeah, they're like the new brand of Jane Silent Yeah, Bob. like the one that we eventually get in Dogma and Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back. Like, yeah. that's the Mallrats Jane Silent Bob. I think the Jane Silent Bob from Clerks and the one from Chasing Amy, I think those are like a little bit more sincere. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean... Just by the, nature of the tone of the movies. That right. I mean, like, you know, I really... I, I love their performance. I love, like, their dichotomy in... Not to overuse that word. Uh, but I really love their relationship and how they operate in clerks because they're kind of like, you know, they're the, the running gag of the movie. You cut to them and they do something ridiculous. But later in the movies, they become like the deus ex machina oh, of yeah. all of his movies, which like, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a choice. That's mm-hmm. a structure. If you want to do that, I think it works well in chasing Amy. Um, I think silent Bob gets too much talking 
roles oh, in Chasing Amy. Come they could have. They could have cut one monologue. Yeah, but they could tighten it. Tighten. Yeah. I'm all about concise writing. Yeah. You know? Well, you, they give them. It's the Yoda moment. It's, it's where it's the, like yeah. our character is at the absolute like lowest possible point, right. and it, it's just like from the least likely of people. Right. It comes from Silent Bob. It just has this story where it's like you know, and I've heard people say like, "Why is it called Chasing Amy?" Why is it called Chasing Amy? Her name's well, Alyssa. Well, it's, it's like, what the fuck are you talking? Do you not talking? watch the fucking movie? Or then, like, this is a great argument where, like, they think that it's, like, a smart thing to say, where it's like, well, it takes too long to get there. I was like, wait, were you watching this movie just wondering, like, why is it called Chasing Amy? What is this? Like, it just doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. like, titles are, like... they. I mean, how often did they say Blade Runner and Blade Runner? Like a like once, a couple times. Yeah, maybe. Who gives a shit? Like, I, don't I only bring it up because that book's it's on the, the table first. Right it's now. the first word in the movie. Yeah, it, they give us the definition. Well, we don't need someone to scream, "Amy!" Sure, "Amy!" Uh, it's the last word in that in that uh, opening title. I'm, I'm going to correct myself because that's what it is yeah. in the in the crawl. Or no, mm-hmm. it's not a crawl, but I know what you mean. Yeah, a little title card. Um, chasing Amy. Uh, it's about a guy, about a guy who, uh, is a completely, um, self-obsessive narcissistic asshole who likes to think that he's smart and kind because he's constantly comparing himself to his, uh, like dim-witted, carefree, arrogant, ignorant roommate and business partner. Best friend also. Best friend. Yeah. And, um... This movie is very good at portraying like these long friendships. Like I have friends like that. Yeah. And I have friends where it's like I will consider myself to be the Holden and they would be the Jason Lee, but I also see myself in Jason Lee and them and Holden and yeah. I'm sure that they would also like you can mix and match them because we've all had friends like that and we've all been friends like that. Yeah. Which, which other one we're talking about. We've all and especially like the relationship of like we've all had friends where like, you know, they like a girl or they like someone and all of a sudden you become second fiddle and you have to kind of deal with it for better or for worse. I think Jason Lee's character does not handle it very well, but we can expound on that more later. Yes, we can. Yes. Yeah, that's a, a shared moment. Yes. Um, I think Jason Lee is great in this movie. He's very good. I mean, his character is the worst. Absolutely. Well, and he's, he's also like, good. you know, he is who he is. Oh. All right. Hey, that's another shot. Cheers. Thank you. Oh. Oh. That is delicious. Oh, yeah. Mmm. We mean it. Like, it really is absolutely delicious. It's very we're good. just not shot takers. You're and- not. We're bad. We are the worst. Okay. So, timer back on. Here we go. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about? Uh, the he, He's an asshole, but it's like, I love, my favorite scene in the movie uh, is with, with them doing, like, a version of, like, the scar comparison scene from Jaws, where they're talking yeah. about, like, sexual encounters that they've had, where it's like, oh, this, and I think yeah. it's all specifically, um... Like third base shit. It's all like oral sex, right? Yeah. That they're talking about where they've got all these scars and these different things. The, the springboard for the conversation, which I think is like so surprisingly nuanced, is... The whole movie is so extremely nuanced. It's surprising, especially like, in 2018. Especially like it, when we're going to discuss this scene here, it's like throughout it when Holden is like talking about this stuff. And apparently like I'm not exactly sure what it is, but like Kevin Smith had a relationship with somebody that was a lot like this. Sure. Um, I've heard it, that it was actually Joey Lauren Adams. 
Oh, really? The actress, but I don't know if that's true. I, I think I might have misheard. I think, I think he married his wife like pretty early on in his career. No, no. He married his wife. He screened Chasing Amy, the world premiere, like some kind of junket. Yeah. She was a reporter and a writer and was going to write up on it. She saw the movie and fell in love with Kevin Smith. How can you And not? asked to like, I want to interview you. And mm-hmm. again, like he has a, a story where he talks about that. Yeah. Um, like with it uh, in like one of his evenings with Kevin Smith. It's yeah. absolutely, I don't want to get it wrong because I don't know it by heart because it didn't happen to me and I heard it once. There you go. You should definitely check that out. It's a very sweet story. But he, mm-hmm. he married her, he met her and married her like after chasing Amy. Right. Um, but this happened to him. And so all of these characters, you know, from Jason Lee's character and Holden McNeil's character, uh, Ben Affleck's character and Joey Lauren Adams character, all these characters are like vessels within the vessel of the movie for Kevin Smith to kind of work out and talk about how he felt and how he feels and what he learned. And so Holden yeah. starts out at the beginning, same with Jason Lee very ignorant and like we need to see him grow we need him you know like jason lee's throwing out the word faggot and you know yeah. like just like rug muncher and like all this different stuff like these euphemisms that are not pc or like you know very ignorant and hurtful but he's just like a fucking idiot yeah and it kind of goes to like the you know it plays into nowadays like a phrase that we kind of call like uh locker room talk and things like that where it's like you know yeah, when you're with your your but your boys and you say you know you talk, you talk about pussy while you play video games and like you know I think there is a time where that could have been perceived as harmless and now we kind of live in an age where you know even conversations behind closed doors can sometimes be problematic and bleed into your persona right which is not you know that's not the way you want to live no. and I would say that all of these words that he is saying i don't think kevin smith is trying to normalize them or say that it's okay to say them no because i mean he's got holden has a line where he just says like all You're this passive aggressive this. homophobia yeah. and it's like yo did you just name drop passive aggressive homophobia in your 1997 movie about sexual politics well even cool. like it's uh i feel like the movie because of like where we are today and just like you know i do think kevin smith is a is a really good guy with a good heart who's a progressive thinker and loves dick and fart jokes and more power to him like the movie leapfrogs like what the conversation about pc culture is today Mm -hmm. you know like it kind of it is the movie by our standards if it came out today could be analyzed very differently and i think that is some of the film's strengths you know because like i said when i watched the movie i identify with holden like you know he he kind of my, I almost wish that, and I obviously get that this has to be the movie. I almost wish that him and Alyssa like didn't have a relationship that fostered. I kind of wish that she just like told him to fuck off, mm-hmm. um, because I think that's like more relatable. And I think it's, I think it's the um, the uh, suspension of disbelief that they would actually be together. Well, and I I think that that's I think a lot of people kind of misconstrue like when they think about this movie where it's like what's the ta- like what's the synopsis of this movie? And it's like a guy falls in love with a girl, but whoops, she's a lesbian. Oh, now that is not one hundred percent true. Like on no. the surface, that's what you can say if you want to get butts in the seat because it's like precise, concise, yeah, to the point. But she's not a lesbian. She is a person who is struggling through her own she's, she's, sexual She's edu- fluid. Yeah, yeah she's exactly. very, like, she's been through a lot, and <clears throat> she found, like, this was the way. She has a whole conversation about, like, why she decided to become a lesbian, or even if it was a decision. Like, these are, yeah. these are heavy topics that, 
you know, at the end of the day, they're written by a straight white dude named Kevin Smith from New Jersey. Yeah. Who has some, like, credible fame in making two movies beforehand. So it's like, yeah, you can argue that he's maybe not informed enough or has the right to even comment on these. But I think he does these. He makes these comments in very heartfelt um, generally, you know, sympathetic and pitiful ways where yeah. you you connected them, and if you if you sell yourself on the movie, mm. and you or in, or you at least allow the movie to sell itself to you, and you meet it on its own terms, I think that what it's doing is something really really special when it yeah. comes to like 1997 like sexual politics in film. And I think that he also he writes from his perspective. He writes from like you know the movie. It's not trying to not be from the cone of the straight white man's perspective. You know what I mean? Like, that is kind of the focal point. And I I think that, you know, if you listen to... I, Smodcast was, like, kind of what got me into podcasts in the first place. It's, you know, I was I was talking to you off mic before about how uh, Smodcast and Joe Rogan kind of, like, revolutionized the long-form podcast. I was more of a... I was always more of a Smodcast person. Sorry, Joe Rogan. I don't really like you that much. Um... <laughs> My fucking bad. Sorry, Joe. Yeah, your libertarian power fantasy can go fuck. Thanks yourself. for listening. Appreciate it. Um, but like you know, he talks about how he, you know he has friends who are queer and he has like people of color as friends, but he is always coming from his perspective because that's the genuine way for him to go about telling his stories. And I mm-hmm. think that you know this movie with its ancillary characters, you know, with queer characters, straight characters, and like kind of them being heightened versions of that, like. I do think that the story is still very genuine to this day and, like, should be understood. Like, I think the film and the story should be understood that it's coming from this perspective and this, like, cone of influence. I agree 100%. And it's yeah. also a super funny movie. It's also very funny. And, and like, I cried a lot watching it this time. I used to – uh, we were talking about it before. It's like I – we watched this movie when it like – around the time when it first came out when I was very young. I saw it when I was, like, 12 or 13 and I yeah. was getting into independent movies. And it's like the – it's funny the way that you you look at – when I watched that movie when I was like 13 for the first time, I'm like, look at these adults going through these romantic problems. And now yeah. when I look at it, I'm older than if you're the same age as like these characters that are in their age, late yeah. 20s. Yeah, and it's like you see you're like, oh, yeah, late 20s. Yep, that's kind of – yeah. I mean I can definitely like I, – I relate so much to Alyssa because like I really – understand what like being the person who experiments and does um you know sexual activities outside of the social norm and i like identify with that character so much now because it's like you know again when i when i watched the movie i identify with holden because like i did feel an experience and i did have like toxic love interests in the way where it was just like you see someone, you fall in love with them, and you put them on a pedestal, you know, and you're just mm-hmm. kind of chasing that idea of a person less than you're chasing the actual person. But then me in my late 20s now, with the experiences that I've had, you know, I feel like Alyssa where it's just like, you know, I don't want to be judged on the time I spent figuring myself out. Yeah. And I never should be. And it's funny because like in 2018, I don't think that would happen as much. And I think that's kind of like a powerful kind of moment in the movie where, or just a powerful like idea of the movie where it's like, there was a time where sexual liberation was happening, but not so free and fluid as it is today. And like, you really could 
be judged on the contents of you figuring your shit out. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, and even by like, you know, people are always going to be assholes and judge people for stuff yeah, like judging, that. Yeah, judging Being happens. judged by like people who are like, you know, generally like pretty decent people that mm-hmm. are just like everyday normal people who like really don't have a problem with it but don't understand it. You yeah. know, Jason Lee's whole thing is like, you know, like, um, is he closeted? Is he repressed? Or is he just kind of like, you know, kind of scared of it because he doesn't understand it and he's a yeah. guy who likes to who likes to pretend that he knows what's going on, that he's got his finger on the pulse of every situation and every cultural viewpoint. And a good strategy to deal with homophobia is to, like, kind of throw the mirror in their face and being like, oh, you're going to say all these passive-aggressive homophobic things. Well, what do you think you are? Have you thought Have you thought about it? Yeah. Have you thought about why you act this way? And like, it's just a joke. And it's like, I don't know that. Yeah. Why you come, Why like, why do you constantly... Why is it a joke? Like, I, I always do that, like, when yeah. people say... Like the word faggot or the word retarded or like, or like these kind of or that's whatever. Gay. Yeah, like yeah. all these different things where it's like it's built into your like, you know, 90s and early aughts upbringing before people were kind of like, you know, it's really mean to say that stuff. It's, it's like it's not it's like it not come, really cool. It like, comes from the, it's not cool. It's not cool. And they think it's cool. That's the problem. And the worst people think it's even cooler because some people are offended by it. Right. It's like, oh, oh that is, that's uh, a good time. Yeah, we got um, da 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 it's the ending Avengers theme. As the ending one. one, yeah. Trying to think of one. I mean. That's the oh, that's like the normal overture. Anybody who says Marvel doesn't have any fucking memorable music, go fuck yourself. Fuck you. And then the Guardians of the Galaxy one is like the exact same. That's fine. Well, you're not listening to Guardians of the Galaxy for the score. You listen for that soundtrack. Mm. Same like Spider Man Homecoming has like a killer like we love you we love you Tyler Bates it's he didn't mean it it's a great score (laughs) fantastic let's start the timer back up again here Um, that Black Panther score is as good as the Black Panther album oh yeah they are a cohesive they are very good um but yeah the uh the it's great that we have this thing that completely derails all conversations that were happening for about thirty (laughs) seconds perfect way to do podcasts that sounds like an Oprah drinkers great. (laughs) Um, yeah, I do. I do like the, uh, like people, uh, they, they think it's cooler because people are offended by it. Right. But uh, like to really get at the heart of something like that. And I think it's an interesting conversation to step on real quick, uh, because you know, this movie is saying like faggot and gay and like dyke and stuff like that. And these kind of off color, offhanded gesture ways. Yeah. And it's at the end of the day, it's like using those terms to not be hateful Right. Because they are words of hate to make it a joke. It's like, no, it's a joke because it's like, I wouldn't actually say that. It's like when somebody like says the N word. Yeah. Because they're just like, <laughs> you know, because like I wouldn't actually do that. It's, it's like, like, yeah, but you just did. Yeah. You're not really like helping the problem. And you're I not will, cool. And I will say like, you know, while we're on the topic of talking about like the nuanced ways that Kevin Smith uses that humor in a satirical way. I do have a criticism of it, and we talked about this the other night, um, where I find that the structure of how conversations work in the film very rubber bandy. And what I mean by that is that they snap back on themselves, and it's kind of like 
you have a character who says these like grotesque things and then you have a character who and like you're watching it and you're just like man this person fucking sucks or like what is the creator of this even thinking and then you have another character who acts as your voice of criticizing that and they kind of be like why are you speaking like or you know it's like it's like having um uh sorry uh what's the name of Banky right Jason Lee's character yeah so it's like, you know, when Banky is saying all that homophobic stuff and then you have um, Ben Affleck's character being like, why are you saying in that way? It's it's rubber banding the way where you're stretching the dialogue that's offensive and then you have a character who lets go of the rubber band and snaps back on itself and you mm-hmm. kind of get reprimanded for the bad things you're saying. Mm-hmm. And it's very effective in this movie, but it happens so often that I find it cheap. Yeah, and I think that that's something that, like, is... I think that's something that, because we live 21 years after the movie was made, I think that when this came out, that was very much Kevin Smith kind of, like, just doing a very quick, like, uh, like a a quick PC update to everybody using his kind of brand. Like, we talked about the other day. It's like, I feel like Clerks is a mixture of Mallrats and Chasing Amy, where it's like, Mm -hmm. Clerks has, like, the heart and the sincerity and the overall message of Chasing Amy. Different message, but... Yeah. There's one there. Absolutely. But then also has all the dick and fart jokes and like a girl fucks a dead guy in a bathroom kind of stuff from Mallrats. Right. But, um, you know, I just, I find Spoiler it. Spoiler alerts for clerks. Oh, sorry. Um, but like, I find it cheap, but it's just, it's so much like kind of having your cake and eating it too. I agree. I agree with it's, you 100%. It's, it's tough because it's like, oh, I'm going to correct these characters saying those things. But I know Kevin Smith. I don't know personally, but I know him from I his wish. body of work. Me too. But I know from his body working out for it's like homeboy likes to make those jokes. So mm. it's kind of just like this constant, you know, uh, in the Superman N64 game where most of the game, go on, most of the game is Superman flying through rings. That's yes. all you do. Superman flying through rings. And it's just kind of like, you know, oh man, I had such a where good are you going for it? With this? Oh my God. It was all the wish gift. Um, that's it. You're gonna drop that. You're gonna bring I, up Superman oh my God, I was so, rings. I was. I had something. It's gone. I got embarrassed and dropped it. Maybe that's I'll come it. back. It's to over. Yeah, it. fuck. Um, no, I 100% agree that. Like, I do. I do believe that a little bit of Kevin Smith's the kind of guy where even 21 years removed from this movie, and he's 21 years older, he's got a little bit of a stinker in him. He's a little fucking little as Jersey much, guy. As like, much yeah. as you know, as much as he's kind of aged well. And I think that, you know, some of his humor and some of his content from the earlier years is still applicable today. Like he is still very much like a product of his time and Mm -hmm. not always the best way, you know? And like, I loved Kevin Smith when I was in my younger twenties. I don't love myself when I was in my younger twenties as Mm -hmm. me in my late twenties. Right. That's just kind of the way it is. Yeah. What were we talking about? Like you said, you watched something, and you're like, when I first watched it, when it first came out, I like, oh, you said you watched the first season of Girls and you thought it was all right. And I was like, yeah, you're also like a fucking 20 year old. I didn't you, fucking know anything. You're just waiting for like, the fact I said Girls is good. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, like, you know, it, we. You, Remember the scene where Adam Driver fucks Lena Dunham in the butt? Isn't that like every <sighs> single. It's HBO. Hey. It's not TV. I. Yeah. Well. I never gave the show a chance. I should. The first season, I. I feel like it's still fine, but I can't remember any of it, so who knows. It's going to be hard for me to watch Girls now, now that, like, Adam Driver is, like, Kylo Ren and, like, in Star Wars I think, it, I think like, it will be impossible. Well, it, it might even impossible. make it better. I can yeah. pretend that it's Kylo Ren. 
Yeah. A dream. I think my Superman allegory was that he's flying through these ah. rings and Kevin Smith is like, it's kind of the same thing. It's the same kind of structure he's flying through throughout the movie. You know, it's him. It's a, it's like that rubber band effect. He's flying through like, like conversation. Kevin of, Smith is Superman. Kevin Smith is Superman. <laughs> flying through the rings. Yes. And the rings are like Dick jokes. the same kind <laughs> yeah. of recycled joke over yeah. and over again. Good allegory. All right. I, I see exactly what you're talking you. about. Thank that you is, very much. I love that you brought that game up. It makes me want to play it now. No, you don't want to play it. It's I one of the worst video games ever. Well, I mean, if you're into like rings like that one part of like the arkham <laughs> games where like you get points for like doing like the ap things. those those are not fun you i know you did all of them because you're a monster don't fucking laugh at me <laughs> <laughs> did all of them i was very good at driving that car by the end of that game yeah we definitely drank too much already for 40 minutes into the podcast <laughs> i was i was better at driving the batmobile in uh, Arkham Knight than I am at driving my own fucking car. Well, you have to be because the Batmobiles... What What did you say when you started playing that game? You're like, I'm glad people who do cocaine designed <laughs> the, design the Batmobile just to make sure that it's like, oh yeah, like they'll never figure this out. And it's, you always make yourself so proud in video yeah. games. You're like, I'm never going to be able to figure this shit out in a comfortable way. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, because the game is really good at like slowly inching you forward and revealing things that you can yeah. do with it. And it's like... Fuck yeah. Like the, all right, so Talking Simulator, quick. Let's podcast. go. Welcome to another episode of Talking Simulator, Stories in his very own video game podcast. Where it takes a year to make every episode. Yeah. Uh, oh, on. I'm so sorry. year and a half. I, I undersold it. Listen, we talked about um, Bioshock. You did. It was a great episode. And we like it. You should check out the Talking <laughs> Simulator show that we got. We got they got the, the, the E3 stuff was great, especially this past one. <laughs> your your Sony your your coverage of uh, Sony's E3 convention. So chasing Amy, mm. um, we mm. got uh, come on come on. We got we got like two and a half minutes for the next shot. We'll take a break. Fuck. <laughs> uh, chasing Amy is a movie. Oh. Um, cool 90s soundtrack. Yeah. I like that they got like the comic books in the beginning. Uh, Clur- yeah, that's really good. Cl- they all have good soundtracks. Uh, yeah, it's good. I also just like, I love the, the Blunt Man and Chronic uh, design. Like, I think they, yeah. they are so good. They look great. Yeah. And I love like, on that topic real quick, because I'm sure we'll talk more about that scene as we start kind of breaking down individual scenes of the movie. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Jay and Silent Bob, like their reaction to it, like when they see it and they're getting paid and they're just like, fuck it. Kinda. Likeness yeah. rights. And it's just like, make more money off of this and selling that green. Yeah. I'm it's sure like, he says some kind of slur in there as well. <laughs> the I'm little fucking sure, street rat. I'm pretty Jason sure the big, the big F-bomb happens again. Can yeah. I also say, I think that Jason Muse is like a great dude. He's been oh, through yeah. some weird fucking shit. But I think shit. that he's great. I think Kevin, I mean like Kevin Smith like has gone, I think when I was listening to Smodcast, I was being like, I had to turn Jason Muse into an actor. Yeah. I'm not saying that homeboy's not doing Shakespeare or anything, but like, you know, like, that's Kevin Smith's doing. I've turning, that, yeah. turning this dude who just like like zero negative experience in acting into mm-hmm. being like I'm making you this person. Yeah, and like you know, who's the main star of like a huge like 2002, 2003 like if, movie? If you look at the View Askew universe, the the two characters that come from it is Jay and Silent Bob. One being Kevin Smith, and one being Jason fucking Muse. Like, you well, know. Dante and Randall got their little. They sequel. got their. They got their little thing. They yeah, little I mean, Clerks too. Where Dante's dating fucking Rosario Dawson. Yeah, that's sure. The, great. The most unrealistic Good. thing. It's like how in every Jim Carrey movie that someone's really in love with Jim Carrey. I'm like, how? 
That's so well, unrealistic. Someone can be in love with Dante, and someone, yes, someone can be in love with Jim Carrey. Yes, yes, yes of course. <laughs> but they're not going to fucking look like Jennifer Conley. No. <laughs> I mean, maybe they have a connection. I don't fucking know. Yeah, but maybe like, he has a great personality. But we just know that's not true. Well, we know Jim Carrey has a great personality. <laughs> he makes That art. guy, he's like the least self-involved dude like in the world. Like, he's uh. He's... The kind he of guy, thinks very highly of what everybody else thinks and thinks like his ideas on stuff are really not that worth it. That's, person, that's like his M.O. The person who dates Jim Carrey is is your friend that's a girl where they really like sensitive guys and they always get so burned <laughs> by them. <laughs> oh, that's, 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 <laughs> hey, there we go. Okay, yeah. So we'll, uh, what's another, what's another, um, what's another theme? Classic theme song? Cla- uh, um, Jurassic the future. Cheers. Cheers. That's good. Okay, so... Oh, my God. We're going to take a break. God, it's so smooth and delicious. You can really kind of taste that it's, 90%. It's very... You can taste it's that. It's very good. You, you can you can taste that. Hold on. Buy me time. Buy me time. It's, buy me it, time. It has like that... It's made in a charred oak barrel. Oh, no. That, that's I like the, the cinnamon spice on the palate and that it's butterscotch finish so is just good. like... So mm, good. God. And there's definitely lots of caramel on the nose. Caramel, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Should I it. bring up more Superman 64 in the second half? And what if we spent 15 minutes really just getting into Diving it? into Superman 64? Just like he dives into those fucking rings, my dude. Do you know what the sound effect is when he goes through the rings? <laughs> no. <laughs> do, you, do you know it? No. No. I'd imagine it's probably something like... Yeah, we're on the exact same thing. There we go. All right, so we'll uh, let's take a quick break. Oh. And um, when we come back, we will uh, discuss Chasing Amy a little bit more. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about Chasing Amy. We really, we really talked about keeping this at a tight time. We're tight right now. We're like 40 minutes. Look at this. We're going to be great. It's going to be the bad. it's going to be the best episode we've ever made. The best. The best one ever. Best. Oh, jeez. Welcome to another episode of It's Fits, where Story Screen's own film laureate, Brian Robert Fitzgibbons, speaks on a film. Today, Fitz will discuss the 1989 Cameron Crowe classic film, Say Anything. Worms. <laughs> Say Anything, I'm not, I can't even, what movie is that? Oh, fuck yeah. Say Anything, yeah. It's a good love. I'm more of like got nothing on saying anything. Like yeah, the jukebox. I can't even remember what happens other than the jukebox scene. Jute is that what it's called? The jukebox. Jukebox. No, it's like a it's like a boombox. A boombox. Yeah, it's a boombox. But yeah, I don't remember the movie at all. I remember that scene. I remember talking to somebody about like. Trying to get the girl back, and then they're like, do the say anything thing. Like, pretty sure, I'm not going to name names, but it was like, it. it's like, thanks. Like, this is not the movies. I'm not John Cusack. 
This has been another episode of It's Fits. And welcome back. <sighs> so, we're talking about Chasing Amy. Yes. Um, like, we kind of talked about, like, you know, the, the big question on everybody's mind. Like, you know, 21 years removed from, like, the social politics of 1997. Kevin Smith talking about all of this stuff. Yeah. You know, we kind of got that out of the way because I think that that's something that's super interesting about this. And you kind of can't help but notice it and contemplate about it and think about it both while you're watching the movie nowadays and after you've watched it, I it think sticks this, with you. I think to sum it up, we land on a more positive end of that spectrum. Right. We and I can, like I can pretty... completely understand people watching this, you know, like probably one of the most devastating like scenes in it. And it, it, <clears throat> it's, it's really like when, when she comes out and like, she says like, Oh, I'm dead, like, she's using the pronoun game. Yeah. And like all that's for so, her friends, like so the, relevant. her like lesbian yeah. friends are just like, Oh, another one bites the dust. Yeah. That's like a little, Hmm. You know, a yeah. little weird, but... but like you know, even a few years ago, like I remember, you know, I was I was like seeing someone who identified as queer, and then like I was like the outlier that they were seeing for a minute, and mm-hmm. like she, you know, was in a way almost ostracized from like her friend group, and it's a thing that even could happen today. You know, like I think a lot of queer communities build their strength on paradigms and boxes, and you know, when people exit those things. Not everyone understands, but I do think, you know, in 2018, a lot of people who are, who identify as queer understand that, like, you know, gender, the, you can live outside the gender binary, you can live outside, you know, the sexual binary, you can, you know, the idea of being queer is, is doing what you feel is right and doing what you want. And that's something that I feeling think, and being comfortable with yourself and, being comfortable with it, with it, and, and yeah. hoping that the world can in some way exactly. show you some comfort. If you want it, it well. and you know, it's not even like, you know, to be bisexual doesn't mean that you like girls and guys, but to be queer means kind of like, you know, you exist on a spectrum where you like, I want to do what I want to do when I'm attracted to someone I'm attracted to that person, regardless of what the, you know, kind of sex or gender that human being is, you know? And I think that, that's where chasing Amy is. It's at its most progressive. Is like in those conversations where she's just like, "Yeah, man, I did some shit." Or also like, you know, I'm figuring my stuff out, and I'm and I experimented, and I shouldn't be judged for that. Yeah, you know? and and it also like builds into the idea that she when she, the really good line where she's just like, "You had no problem with me sleeping with half the girls in New York," but yeah. like as soon as you find out that I had sex with a couple of guys, like you, you, lose you just mind. lose your mind. Yeah. yeah, like the movie is just as much uh, Alyssa's as it is Holden's. Yeah, but I almost worry, or I'm curious. Like when I first watched the movie, I didn't see it that way. When you first watched the movie, did you? No, see I, it I, as I think because I was movie? just like too young to be able to figure out. Like, oh, I think it's that's Ben Affleck. In a movie, he's presented as the main character. Right. He's like the quote unquote hero. He's the protagonist. The protagonist, yeah. And I understood that much. And I was kind of just following the movie linearly like that. Where, and I think the older you get, the the more like the movie kind of ages and it heightens your understanding of it because it really is not a movie written for 13 year old boys. No. It's a movie that is written for, you know, young adults that are like a part of this conversation or interested yeah. in this conversation in that time. And I see Ben Affleck in this movie as more of like an anti hero. In a way, because if the centralized conflict of the movie is him being with this girl and them overcoming all obstacles at being the paradigms of sexuality and gender or not and what societal norms are and them overcoming that hump, he is his own undoing. 
in that sense, you know? Yes. And, you know, by the end of the movie, he has not accomplished the goal that he set out to do. And I think that is nuanced. Um, again, like, I, it, it's hard to watch the movie nowadays and, like, the things that kind of make me cringe or just kind of make me be like, you know, it's not him going to the moon and doing something that's my suspension of disbelief. It's him getting the girl. Because mm-hmm. I do think in 2018, like... Well, he no, doesn't get her. He doesn't get her. Well, even in the interim where he he does. Yeah. You know, like, in I think nowadays, like, no one would really put up with that. I don't even think that she yeah. would fight for his yeah, affections I mean, after he came across as so dickish. Her attraction to him is one of, like, the least sold things in the movie. But yeah. I do think that, you know, it's there enough if you look at it and you feel... And I wouldn't have any problem with somebody having a problem with it. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I think it's there in the sense where it's like, you know, she is still trying to figure her shit out. And she does meet this guy and something does kind of hit her. And she doesn't even yeah. know how it is. But she's just like... You know, she's got that line where it's just like, I, I didn't want to, um, you know, uh, I, I didn't want to miss out on something just because like it, it was, yeah, because yeah, it was like, oh, I'm supposed to be with men. So, but what if there's like a woman that would like make me really happy and like yeah. I would miss out on that just because I wasn't looking in the right place. And eventually that turned into her only looking for women and not even looking yeah. for men anymore and meeting Holden somehow. I don't know. Like she just has this attraction to him where yeah. she kind of falls for him and and his and his falling for her is very much kind of like an obsessive kind of male conquest kind of yeah. thing 100 percent. and jason lee even tries to like point that out he's just like you're not gonna fuck her like what are you doing like yeah this is bad don't do this and he's like because i'm in love with her man stop bringing it up yeah i, I and that's kind of what i mean by like leapfrogging kind of the conversation on those issues where i do think that oh fuck it's coming i saw the timer on your phone mm-hmm. um you know, where I do think that there is, from that movie on, the conversation was, like, you know, if I identify a certain way, back the fuck off. And I'm not saying that's different. But I do think the conversation now is being, like, because, you know, sexuality and love is so much more not in boxes and not in categories. It's so much more fluid that, you know, there can be someone being, like, I've been a 90% woman and I like you, guy. Or someone being like, I've been with 90% guys, but I like you, girl. And that's fine, because that's kind of like our modern understanding of like gender and sexuality. So, like, you know, that's that's where the nuanced approach of the movie kind of comes to mind, where it's just like, oh, this movie actually kind of speaks to me as like a queer adult understanding those things, you know? And like, even me, like, identifying the way I do, like, you know, kind of coming out and identifying as queer, but being like, you know, I date a woman, like it's hard to even just explain myself to people and like, and the fact that you have to, and the fact that you have to, it's like, like it's people, not your fucking business. What I do. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And it's just like, it's, it's interesting. And like, you know, I, I don't, I don't mind educating people. They don't teach queer theory in, in high school. Like they should. And that's just yet. the way yet. Yeah. 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 Hopefully soon. House of representatives. Ba, 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 ba. We'll get there. Uh, but like the sexual politics of the movie. Oh, oh shit! Uh, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? I gotta look at my. Um, I gotta look at my. It does. Isn't that funny? Just like love. <laughs> oh, that is delicious. That is a caramel rate right on the nose. 
It's just, you can smell it afterwards, like it's on very, your own breath. My palate, which is in my lungs now. Yeah. It's we really got like kidding. cinnamon spice. Cinnamon kinda. spice, mm-hmm. that butterscotch hanyash. Yeah, it's there, all right. Yeah. Um, but I do, like, the sexual politics of the movie are very interesting, and, like, you could talk about them forever because, yeah. like, we're almost in a so trap to now. Talk about. Like, yeah. yeah. But movie I on. do really want to talk about. The movie itself, how it's written, how it's directed, uh, the 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 actors in it, the performances, yeah, um, like everybody in this movie, with the exception of Ben Affleck, is is an actor. <laughs> really, in this movie, I don't think that Ben Affleck is that great in this movie. I think that maybe that kind of comes from the performative nature of your kind of being. Like the dude that's standing behind the camera that's telling you you're being action, him. you're being yeah. you're being a vessel for his specific voice, and for most of the movie, almost all of the movie, you need to be this kind of like self righteous entitled dirtbag. So, is this a fault of the actor or a fault of the director? Then? This is a thing where I think that it is probably a fault of both. It is a connection okay. of both. I don't think it's a fault or of a, the a, writing. A disconnect of both. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't think that it is. I think the writing is great. Yeah. I think the writing is right there. And I think it's just a mixture of, you know, any good director can get the performance that he needs out of any actor. Like That's their for job. For a certain yeah. length. You know, there are some, you can argue that, but I think as a blanket statement, it holds yeah, pretty you true. You can't make young Han Solo be good at anything until you give him like 20,000 hours of acting lessons midway through a shoot. Have you seen the thing <laughs> where they took, you know, like the the thing where they're, they're, they superimpose a person's face and like make I did them, it. I heard about this. I didn't see it. It's insane is it because cool it's really cool because okay. it's it, it's uh what like alden kill yeah give the explanation to the, it, the it's audience. like it's yeah. his it's his performance it's his voice it's him moving around in the but movie they superimpose. but they superimpose young harrison ford's face on it and it, it really kind of holds a testament to like how good he does sound yeah which was like a main criticism of him that like oh he didn't sound enough like him and like he got like acting coaches and voice coaches to stuff like that. So it is yeah. my, really my, neat. My joke aside, and I don't like Solo, I think he did a great job. I think he did a great job. I didn't think you're, I think he did a great job. He is not the weakest part of that movie. No. <laughs> by far. No. Chewbacca's the best. Yes. But like, you know. Lando's duh. a very close second. I mean, Lando's we very close that's second. what yeah. it was going that's, to be. We kind of almost were like, why isn't this a Lando movie? Oh, we'll get a Lando movie eventually. No, wait. No, we won't. Nope. Mm. My Star Wars article was immediately outdated. <laughs> well, that's we're the way it that, We're getting that TV show, I when guess. When I put my James Gunn article out, it was just like two days later, they were like, he's not getting the job back. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm glad glad I did my part. Well, he's doing Suicide Squad, maybe? I don't care. Yeah, um, me too. If it's not Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I don't fucking care. I don't even want them to make Guardians of the Galaxy 3. They're probably not going well, to. Well, luckily, yeah, all the actors also fit the same way. <laughs> yeah, they're not yeah. going to do it. They don't want it. Um, I do think it, it, it's the performance that Ben Affleck is giving... I think that he could have tried a little bit more, mm-hmm. but he wasn't very experienced. Like this is the same year that like Goodwill Hunting, you know, came out. Like this yeah. is this is like he's he hasn't really been in anything. He was a basketball player in the Buffy the Vampire. He Slayer had a cameo movie. in in Mallrats. Yeah, yeah. He had a, like, well, I mean, he's a character in Mallrats. He's a character. He didn't I, have yeah. a cameo because like Ben Affleck wasn't anybody. Like a cameo no. is like. Oh, you're a person. Like you're in Stan Lee has a cameo in Mallrats. He's the best part Super of that Super young Stan Lee. Speaking of... Uh, By products, Stan Lee standards. Yes. Well, agree 100%. But speaking of like kind of products of the time, the opening of that movie is Comic-Con. Yep. Is Manhattan Comic-Con. Like number three. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, when you see watching Clerks, Mallrats, and this, and kind of like... 
taking a step back and understanding what Kevin Smith kind of did for nerd culture in a way. And like, we were just, we just went on a whole rant about Guardians of the Galaxy directors, things like that. Kevin Smith is like kind of some of the blood fuel in those conversations. You know, he's kind of like the, the fossil in the room when it comes to those conversations. Cause mm-hmm. he was doing like cash comic book talks on camera. He was doing Stan Lee cameos for anyone else trying to do that. That's you know, very true. And like, that's, that's something to keep in mind, man. Like no, that's one hundred percent. Like yeah. Kevin Smith is a uh, he, he's a fucking milestone. Like yeah. in the most respectable, good, positive way. Like he, yeah. he f- there was like a good chunk of like ten or so years there where like he fucking owns like this kind of way of doing independent filmmaking on a slightly higher Hollywood budget. I mean, like Dogma, Dogma is like a huge example of that, yeah. where it's like. Nobody would make dogma no. ever unless it was somebody like Kevin Smith who was attached to it. Yeah. And, you know, things like, you know, dogma and Jane and Bob strike back are like one tier. And then you have like chasing Amy as top tier clerks, mall rats as like a whole other monster. And then we get to Red State. I'm really so bummed that we couldn't both watch Red State. We couldn't State. find Red State. We wanted to rewatch it last night separately to be able to talk about we it. We both have different opinions, but yeah. are both very far removed. Very far. Like, yeah. I don't know what the movie really is. I, kind, I basically I, know. Yeah. I didn't like it when I saw it. I thought I, it was, like, yeah. fine. I, was like, oh, I loved it when I saw it, but I also was, like, super into Smodcast mm-hmm. when it happened. So I would have, like... And you were listening to him, like, making it. Like, exactly. preparing I was, for it. I was following the journey to making the movie, and, like, I was a young wannabe filmmaker. Still. Um, <laughs> youngish. But, like, you know, it... it That movie spoke to me, and I wanted to kind of see it now. You know, I, I talk about my, my difference of creative influence being a part of story screen, watching movies a little bit more analy- analytically, writing articles, doing podcasts... My inundation to film is at a much higher volume than it's ever been, and I would like to see Red State to see how it holds up to my current mindset. Yeah, we were planning on watching it separately, and then we both got because we we hung out last night yep. after I got out of the bar mm-hmm. uh, from bartending. Okay, I was working. B tending. Then stayed at the bar, had some drinks. Bar um, staying. Yeah, I came home and was gonna just watch it. Yeah, and it was like gone. It was it was no longer on. Like, the PlayStation Store is one of the only places I could find it. It, like, almost feels, like it was it, just like, taken it away. It feels weird. Like, it almost is, like, disconcerting. Like, did something come to light about something and people were taking the movie away? I don't know. I was really excited about revisiting John Goodman's performance, too. Like, that was going to be... It's, it's... I mean, I don't even want to say it's good because, like, again, I wanted to rewatch it to reaffirm mm-hmm. how I felt about it. But, like... And that's, like, the last... No strong that's stuff the last, the like... Good... Arguably good. Arguably good Tusk Kevin Smith and movie. Yoga Hosers are not good. I haven't seen them. They are... N- I haven't seen Yoga Hosers. I watched... I I'm kind get of interested in watching Tusk eventually. I'm just kind of not in the mood ever. It's hard. It's hard because, like, uh, you know when we watched Halloween and uh, Light Spoilers for Halloween, there's podcasters... Or there's people who are doing, like, a podcast about, like, serial killers, basically. Yeah. And that's, like, the kind of inciting incident of Halloween you get these new characters who are trying to do like this kind of like oh we've been filing Michael Myers and blah 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 and uh Tusk opens with people doing a podcast and like in a way that I was so into Red State following Smodcast and being a part of like how Red State was made Tusk opening up with podcasters following Smodcast and following how like he's been doing that journey made it I could not get into it and I was a Kevin Smith fan. I mean, like, I still am a Kevin Smith fan, but my opinion is, is different. 
you know, I, again, like, I feel like I've outgrown my early 20s skin in a way I've outgrown Kevin Smith. And uh, it's it's kind of sad, but also, like, I still really respect him, so I don't, like, feel bad about it. Yeah. You know? Not to I mean, he's kind of doing his own away. thing. I mean, after yeah. Red State, I mean, he pretty much had, like, a fucking meltdown, like, at Sundance, like, when people were like, yeah, you know, like, this isn't all that great. And it's like, it was a very big passion project of his. He yeah. had a lot on the line. And, you know, as the story goes, he kind of had a little bit of, like, a he made headlines where people were like, oh, boy, like, uh, he's done in Hollywood kind of thing. Yeah. Whether by his own choice or just like, just like the fallout of what happened, he became a man of the defense, and that's just kind of like. Ryan Johnson didn't do that after Last Jedi. He didn't become a man of the defense. He became like the kind of bigger person, and like I feel like Kevin Smith didn't necessarily do the same. Right, and I I think Kevin Smith's like his most maturing, his most growing as like a socially like huge pop culture icon has really only happened in the past like five or ten years. I mean, he talked about how <clears throat> when he was in the era of the 90s when he was making Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, um, Chainsaw Love, Bob Strike Back, like, those were films that I, he identified with at his age and doing things like that. Then when he was making Zack and Mary make a porno, a still a very Kevin Smith movie, a movie that I actually... It's okay. I haven't seen it in a while, but I like it. Like, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine, you know? It's okay. It's serviceable. It's a little too, it's a little too Mallrats for my taste, but... Fair. Um, but like, you know, he made that movie and he, uh, I remember on Smodcast, he was talking about how like he finally, he kind of finally felt he didn't like identify with those characters. He's just like, I'm not a struggling independent filmmaker anymore. Like I'm established. I have a thing going. Like I am, I am renowned. I am not, I can't identify with these characters in working class jobs. Mm -hmm. So that's why when Red State came out, Red State is such a different movie because it's him Growing up, it's a, it's a, in it's his, a, in his oh, 40s. Uh, Star Wars? Getting really good with my aiming on these things. You are almost getting more drunk the more you drink. Is my new boss going to listen to this podcast that we're sponsoring the product on? Susan? Yeah. Probably. Sick. It's a delicious, it's a delicious, delicious product. Thank you for hiring me to pour them in glasses. It is amazing. Um, My favorite job so far. I mean, it's a damn good job. It is really good. I can't even like, I can't even front. I really liked, I really Uh, like it. (laughs) Back to uh, Kevin, Kevin, like Kevin Smith. You know, he, he is what he is. And I think that Tusk and Red State are way more like kind of the, these high concept ideas. You know, like yeah. Red State is very much kind of like this whole. It's really funny because the movie Catfish came out like right after Red State. And they pretty much almost have like the exact same like plot. It's very similar. Only Catfish like kind of wears it on its uh, like uh, on its sleeve like this is what this movie is yeah. about whereas Red State it's kind of like just the implication that kind of like they're kidnapped. What's going to happen? Kids looking for sex on the internet, mm-hmm. then they get kidnapped. Yeah, by is it like cultists. they want to have sex with like an older woman who's like, "I'll have sex with you two kids." I believe what happened is that like the in, the inciting incident of the movie is that this group of kids were just like, "Yo, we found this girl, woman who's gonna have like a five way, a menage de trois with us." And a five way? What is a five way in French? It's a five way that they're gonna do. I think there's like three it's like or four, four friends. Them. Three friends? Are you sure it's three or four? Oh, I always thought it was two. No, I think it's more. I think You're it's probably right. 
Eh. That sounds so, more degrading to women. Yeah, that's probably what he did. Hey, I'm not gonna. Hey, not that he did that. Oh, whoa, whoa, that came out wrong. That, that he did that on purpose because he doesn't like women. I think Kevin Smith. <laughs> I think Kevin Smith is a is a is a fine person when it comes to his thoughts on women. Yes, I think he. I'm sure he is. Maybe I don't know. I don't know him personally, but I think so. I mean, um, if he wants to become our friends, we'll know. I I. <laughs> I don't know if he would appreciate like kind of our tone in which we talk about him, but I also think I I, I also think he would I just, in the yeah, same way. I, yeah. I think that you know I don't think like we're not like you know calling him like a piece of shit. No, absolutely. Not. We're not calling any of his movies uh, pieces of shit. Like, he's Yoga Hausers. Looks like Hosers Hausers Hosers. Yoser, I think it's Y O S E R. No, it's Yoga Hosers. Oh wait, so Hosers. It's a like Canadian as fuck. Like looks like a piece of shit. So I haven't seen it. Yeah, isn't it like. It's his daughter, which, cool, but it's also yeah. Johnny Depp's daughter. Well, Johnny Depp's daughter's probably not that bad. Johnny Depp, though, <laughs> sucks. <laughs> the crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> How do you feel, Tangent? How do you, are you going to see it? Because yeah, I know, because you're the first person that I've talked to, because like, I was talking to my mom about it. She's like, oh, I'm excited for the new Harry movie. I'm like, you know, Johnny Depp's a piece of shit. And she's like, I don't really care. How well, do that's you, not nice. Don't do that. Johnny Depp is a piece of He's shit. He's a piece of shit. No, no, no. Yeah, like, she should care about that. She should care. Exactly. Well, she... Like, it she, was proven in court. Like, she didn't say that she didn't care, but, like, I was I, were, I was at dinner with my parents, and, like, they just kind of, like... When you tell people who don't believe women that they were the ones who told a man to fuck off, they kind of had that reaction. They're just like, oh, well... Mm. Um, but I'm kind of curious, like, you, as a smart person, who also well, loves Harry, Harry Potter... Mildly intelligent. Yeah. Uh, no, I love Harry Potter, and uh, it's like one of my probably top ten favorite things. Yeah, um, Fantastic Beasts. I, I rewatched it a couple weeks ago with with D to like get ready for the. I new heard one. it holds up kind of. It a holds lot up better. really yeah. well. I liked it a lot more than I remembered just the first the one time that I saw it in theaters. Right. Um, I've had a problem with it because I really fucking don't like Johnny Depp. And I, he's, he's, he's the worst a, part of the movie. Shit. When he shows up at the end, it like derails the movie so hardcore. Because you've already got Colin Farrell right there just like fucking like knocking him out of the park yeah. every scene. They played the same character, right? But then it's like the same cast. Spoilers for that. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's like it's him in disguise. It's Grindelwald. Uh, yeah. Who's like the guy who was like Dumbledore's lover when they were younger. And like the guy that like went evil. He's like the anti Dumbledore. You going to show him kiss or what? We'll see. Uh, probably not, but, like, I understand why they don't. Like, I I get it. I get it. It's not a main part of his character, and if they want to make it a main part of his character, that's how you do but it. But you just, you already described him as his lover. Well, it's... You it's kiss your lovers. It's insinuated that they had a love for each other that was very strong. That could wiz- be a very wi- strong friendship. Are homophobic in the early aughts as well? Well, early times. Uh, What's adults who are letting their children read these books are a little homophobic. And J.K. Rowling's like, well, guess what? He's gay. But never actually explicitly stated it in the books. I guess. I don't but know. But we got to get off this. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crimes right, of Grindelwald. Right. Uh, I have come to terms with it. I do want to see it because I want to see my boy Jude Law, the enemy at the gate. Mm, uh, mm, be Dumbledore. Mm, he looks yeah. really good. I hear I'm really, really good. I've heard good things so far. We'll see. Yeah, uh, you're kind of. I know there's gonna of, be uh, magic, but I hope they bring the magic. <laughs> you're kind of like the guy who could get me into it because I've been out Harry Potter since uh since the the original seven wrapped up 
or eight when you go to the movies. Well, that's fine. Yeah. I, I was just telling you, you should borrow my Cursed Child. I really want to read it because, like, you know. It's I, great. It's a fun fucking read. I'm very into... Does J, did J.K. Rowling write the scripts for you these two movies? Bet she did. So I'm into it. Yeah. As long as she's involved, I'm here. I also own the... My mom got me because my mom absolutely loves me. She got me the Fantastic rocks. Beasts and Where to Find Them script by J.K. Rowling in book form. Did you have the original uh, Fantastic Beasts book? Like the oh, like, I still have it. Yeah, I got, quid- so, I got Quidditch through the ages, and yeah, yeah, it's insane that that got made into a movie. It's not well, it's, it's, it's the thing that they picked. Yeah, yeah, it's it, he's I mean, got like, a cool it's name. very it's very much not yeah Newt Greenwich or is it Newt Greenwich or what's his name Newt Scaramanga Scaramanga. Yes, that is a fantastic name. Nerd. Yeah. Anyway, Kevin's chasing Amy. <laughs> so yeah, I think that Ben Affleck yeah. is like really not. Um, He's doing the best that he can, and it's absolutely fine. It, it really isn't a detriment to the movie. It's if I'm trying to be critical and point out something that always kind of rubbed me the wrong way, sure. even when I watched it when I was 13. You're entitled to But luckily up. for her, luckily for him, Ben Affleck, <laughs> or however he identifies this, this week, uh, Joey Lauren Adams and Jason Lee are on fire in this movie. Good. This is, um, please correct me if I'm wrong. Because you would be the best. I think this is Jason Lee's best performance. So I've seen, yeah. Uh, him and Mallrats, you know, he plays a very similar character in the I mean, Mallrats. he owns that movie. He's the yeah. reason that that movie is even moderately watchable. Oh, yeah, Because the absolutely. protagonist is just like a fucking wet paper towel. It's, it's hard to... It, yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> I, <laughs> he is. No, yeah, I think Jason Lee's performance in the movie is very good. And it's very... Um, when I was talking about rubber banding for... And then, like, you know, the the conversations that we've had so far on the podcast is talking about how we understand the movie before, how we understand the movie now. And Jason Lee's performance, I think, is kind of the more, like, it's the most malleable because, like, that changes very drastically in those two conversations. And I think Jason Lee's performance is still very strong. I think he's much more of someone you really don't like in 2018, you know? Like, I think he's very much, like, more that character. But he really owns it. And, you know, I think that as much as I don't like the rubber banding effect of having characters who say bad things to be corrected by smart people, mm-hmm. that gets overused. I That's a structure I'm not a huge fan of after watching the movie again. I do think, like, you know... His performance is very strong, and then, you know, he has an arc, especially when you get to the end, when Ben Affleck's just kind of like, we should have a threesome, oh, which is like the most selfish thing to ask the, of someone. The, the worst, worst idea. The worst idea. The worst, idea. The and worst way yeah. to try to tackle the situation that you're in. And, yeah. and like, Alyssa sees it coming from a mile away. Oh, she knows. She and, knows. So, and, and so does Banky. He's just like, don't do but this. But he says yes, because, because he's he always goes, got his back. Exactly. He's, he's always a got his good back. friend. Yeah. Even when, even at the very end of the movie, when Ben Fle- Ben Affleck comes in and he sees Banky, Banky's ready to be his best friend again, but Ben Affleck's not ready. I think that that's I, how I I, I like to see it. Like I think that they meet up for a beer after, and that he'll never get together with Alyssa because Alyssa has moved on. Alyssa has learned the. Le- they both learned lessons from. One I'm another. not your whore. That should stand. If that is that way. the fucking. It's the best. It's, and that, and like when you want to talk about nuance and you want to talk about the rubber banding effect, like that's one that like, that's a snapback that I fuck with. Like mm-hmm. that's like one of those, you know, I, I do think the movie overuses this mechanism that I'm describing, but I think it's, I think it's used best in that scenario where, you know, you, 
what I've been describing this entire podcast is the stre- Superman 64 ring. Superman 64 theory. ring of death. Yeah. yeah. You know, Ben Affleck is sitting at in front of these two characters. He's stretching this thing you don't agree with. He's stretching this tension. He's and the scene goes thing. on forever. And he just keeps and early digging. On, and early on, Alyssa's already saying himself. like, no, no, no. Because she's the smartest person in the room. And she's not. But she doesn't disrespect him and just stand up and walk away. No. That's the best she part. Hears and like, she lights she a cigarette and she's just like, fuck, I gotta, I'm gonna hear this. Yeah. And I'm gonna have, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to fix this because like he's just being a jerkwad. A giant fucking idiot. A giant jerkwad. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, even, and I, I bring up this rubber band effect because like when I was writing notes in the movie, because even though I was seeing it for the second time, it might as well have been my first because it's been so far removed. Most of my notes were just like, I can't believe this person's doing this. Oh, wait, someone called them out on it. Well, I can't believe this person's doing this. Oh, wait, someone called them out on it. This, this was, is uh, another, didn't we, you know. Didn't, we, didn't I, like, say that to you? Oh, uh, 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 we got a... Harry Potter and 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 the sorcer- the sorcerer's whis- whiskey. Harry Potter and the cinnamon spice butterscotch finish. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter and the butterscotch finish. That's <laughs> fantastic. That's we did good. a we did a real quick uh, uh, me and a uh, Stamper um, f- friendly guest of the podcast. And one of uh, Stamper again. One of just the best people. Best people on the planet. One hundred percent. Tough as nails. That one. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, my coworker Lee, who was actually playing drums when we live scored uh, Nosferatu. I don't know Lee as well, but Lee also seems like She's a great, they, great person. They were talking about like starting up a wedding band, and they like put in like there's like this wedding band generator that you can go to, which I highly recommend to everyone. That sounds great. And you like just answer a couple questions, and it like generates some stuff. But like they were looking, they were looking at it, and it was like there was a there was a band name in there, which I was like, "Can I have that? Are you guys going to use that? I want that." And it was <laughs> Au Revoir Butt. Like B-U-T-T's? It's great. That's very good. Au revoir, but. Au revoir, but. It's fantastic. That's very good. It's a very good band. We gotta, we'll, we'll write that down in the book. I gotta copyright it too before I post this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a few scripts I gotta do that with. Uh, Yeah. Um, So, uh, fuck, I didn't want to forget it too. And it was a really important one. What were we talking about? Superman, the rings. Uh, I was talking about rubber banding things. I was, yeah. Um, this is what people come for, come to the podcast. Yeah, we also us figuring out what to talk trying about. Trying to figure out where we left off. <laughs> um, fuck, I'm sorry, man. No, it's okay. Um, yeah, like Crimes of Grindelwald is just like it. <laughs> no, and I, I think I think Joey Lauren Adams in this movie, like the scene with them, like when when they're uh, when they're at the hockey game. Yeah, and he's obviously like trying to prod her for information, and she also, can tell, and she the, plays it cool. The very. Um, I went to school for screenwriting. The very elementary effect of like juxtapositioning a hockey fight yes. with a relationship good, fight. Good. It's good. I told you these were good seats. Yeah. It's the guy says. Yeah. After it's yeah, no, I told good. you these were good. Seats. It's good. I mean, like, uh, I think when we were talking about it the other day, you were kind of like, you know, Kevin Smith never outgrew, at least in that time period, like a certain 
elementary not element I don't want to fucking No, I think that that's I don't a, understand I think that's a good doing. word but like in a respectful way where you yeah. it's it's elementary in a positive way where it's like these are the very basic notions of how to tell a story. Yeah. And that makes it really easy for everybody to connect with it because like even like you're like, you know, maga hat wearing fucking dope can the, watch the that movie genre and can see like, yeah. oh, juxtaposition. They don't even know the word juxtaposition, right. but they would get, oh, they're fighting while the hockey fight right. is happening. Like 100%. That's totally fine. Yeah. It's like, you know, art house movies and independent movies that are highbrow. Cool, man. Make me feel smart because I get it. But you know, like you can just like I was I was talking about this movie Thunder Road, best movie of twenty eighteen. Yeah, you're very so you're far. very hot on it. Super independent movie made for five hundred thousand dollars by Jim Cummings. He, he he wrote, produced, directed, starred in it. Check it. It's out. fucking nuts. It's a great fucking movie. Yeah, and it really kind of like it's made for half a million dollars in Austin, Texas, in twenty eighteen. Like he had to really cut corners on what he could do. Yeah. And he just uses single takes to really kind of not to be flashy or anything, but to really let you sit in the moment and see these these scenes happen in real time, whether they yeah. are funny or sad. And it works. And it's also really fucking cheap to do it like that because you don't have to move things around. You don't have to pay for dollies. You don't have to do this all the time. It's amazing. A lot of great independent movies can be done in two or three scenes and you just have great dialogue. And that brings me to a point I want to bring up where... You're going to talk about Birdman? I'm not going to fucking talk about Birdman. Okay. We were talking... When we were talking the other you night... You know I like Birdman. I know you like Birdman. You know I am not a huge fan of Birdman. I think you should rewatch it. I think I should all... I agree with you. Um, My... So, I said to you the other night, I think Kevin Smith... Di- Kevin Smith's dialogue is punk rock Shakespeare. And you are kind of like... You did not say that to me. I said it, I said it last night. Because that's yeah. really good. Yeah, that's oh, great. Yeah. It's punk rock Shakespeare. I probably wasn't listening. I think you were like, eh. you were kind of <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Because that's a little resistant, that's really like, good. I do yeah, like that because like, and I'm glad you agree or you're into it now. Um, and I will go through the rigmarole of explaining it. When you're reading Shakespeare and reading yield English, it's very flowery. It's very over expletive. Like it's um, you know, for it's dramatic. It's, it's performative. It's, dramatic. it's performative yeah. exactly. And like you know you. You know, you can use 10 words to explain a feeling instead of conciseness. And, like, you know, me as a writer, me as a screenwriter who is trying to break into the industry, like, I pride myself in concise writing. That's, like, kind of what I like to do. And I grew up um, throughout my college years being compared to Kevin Smith a lot because I, I, I write a lot of talky stuff, you know. I'm a little more concise and to the point than Kevin Smith is. And maybe a better writer. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. You're not. Eh. I love you and I love your writing. But, you know, come on. This guy's got his shit down. He has his shit down. And... The scripts are, like, the best part of all of his movies. Exactly. And, like, I read... Because he's a not great director. No, but he's a brilliant writer. Brilliant writer. I've read Dogma. And Dogma a, is a one of the... very good independent filmmaker. Yeah, like, he... Dogma's Of his own the, admission, he said he's just like, yeah, I don't really know where to put the fucking camera. And it's like, yeah, yeah that's fine, dude. Because, like, your dialogue and your actors are, like, on fire, so it doesn't matter. Please don't judge me, listeners, so I come across as too pretentious. Um, I'll stop you if you do. Thank you. Um, yeah, I read Dog- Dogma's, like, one of the best scripts I've ever read. Like, mm-hmm. period. And um, I... I call him punk rock Shakespeare because of Shakespeare having flor- like flowery over the top dialogue, dialogue that we as today understand that people don't talk like this anymore. Yes. Kevin Smith movies are very relatable. Kevin Smith movies have dialogue that kind of feel pulled from like, oh yeah, I've had conversations like these quote unquote with my friends. 
but they're not quite the same because they have a certain flair to it, a certain dramatas. Like they yeah. have a certain thing to it. And like, you know, only Kevin Smith can write something that uses such a high level of vocabulary that also interjects such a competent level of dick joke. And that's yes. why I call it punk rock Shakespeare because like, you know, is even in the beginning of Chasing Amy when he describes, you know, Chronic and Blunt Man at, you know, Jane Silent Bob as Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, like I think that's how Kevin Smith views his dialogue and I think he should feel that way. I think that he does have some of the best talking moments of any movie we've ever seen. That's also know? Holden being a dick. Yes. That is a fan saying, I love what you do. Thank you so much. And I am such throw, a huge fan of throwing what you it back do. Into space. Let me tell yeah. you what I think of it because I'm me and I associate with these guys. And he just like, he throws it there. And the way that he says it, he knows that that guy's not going to get it. Because yeah. he's a fucking dick. He's a dickhead. Which, again, the most unbelievable part of this movie is not a lesbian dates a guy. It's... A person dates this person. A person falls for Holden. For Holden. Yeah. Give me an ex-girlfriend character. Give me something. Give me Jason yeah. Lee, Banky's character, talking about no, I'm there. some kind of ex, like to show like, well, remember you fucked that last one up because you're such an asshole. And it's like, yeah. well, of no. course you're an asshole. Like, look at your best friend. If you think that your best friend is an asshole... I got news for you, buddy. That's the mirror. You're probably an asshole yeah. too. No, yeah, man. I mean, that's why I was saying but your best like, friend probably also isn't an asshole, and neither are you. Like you, do, oh, you guys just have to grow up and be nice yeah. to each other. Yeah. Well, that's like kind of what I was like at the beginning, like at the front part of the podcast, what I was saying, where I was like, I I was getting and the many love trials and tribulations. I don't need. I don't. Need We're to starting to burp hot like, dogs right now. I burp hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> the so, Jersey dogs. So sorry, listeners. It's, uh, uh, that was. I actually had a few more burps. That was the first one I actually got on the mic. I'm sorry. It's better than before. Oof. Have you ever listened to like the early podcasts? I I know first twenty episodes. I know that I got told to stop. You were out there. Thank you for listening. Still, um, but the most. Talking about the most un- unrealistic part of, like, that movie and, like, kind of talking about the part that, like, me in 2018 does not like is, you know, I don't really, I just don't think a character like Alyssa would ever fall for someone like Holden, like you just mentioned. I uh, yeah, I don't get it. It doesn't make any fucking sense. And, like, that's why, like, when I was watching the movie, and again, I was so far removed from my first viewing that I didn't, it might as well be me watching it for the first time. I was watching it again. I was getting to the fucking car scene where it's raining and he's just like, hey, I trapped you in this car to tell you that I'm going to fucking, I fucking love you. Okay. Break me down. Okay. This it's uh, not this trap, scene gets a lot of like nice guy shit to it. Yeah. And I want to go on the record and say that this is not nice guy shit. Like this is like a, a person that is a friend that is being a friend with a woman with the intentions he, of trying to eventually sleep with her. He is very outright. And very forthcoming, like, this is not going to work. I understand, the ho- but the it's hockey eating scene, him up. The hockey scene is way more of that example. 100%, yes. Yeah. And, I, and the threesome scene is way more of that yes, example. Yes, yeah. on both sides. Yeah, I agree. The The car in the rain scene is someone being like, listen, me on I'm the I'm going record, to lose my fucking mind if I don't exactly. say this. And I know it's going to break everything down. And I know that you're not going to yeah. like it, but I just please just shut up and listen to me. I think he, I think the thing that kind of puts him in the hole, which I think is on purpose as like a creative standpoint, is like he talks too long and he digs himself. 
It starts off as a oh, genuine. That's his thing. Yeah. That's his thing. And that's and I, I think that's like that's it being done creatively well, where he starts off being honest and is digging and is digging and is digging because he's not getting someone talking back at him. So he's digging, he's digging, he's digging, he's putting himself in the hole. And that is brilliant. That's great. But I don't think it's nice guy shit. I don't think it's and when we talk about what the nice guy paradigm is, it's just like, hey, I like you and I've been really nice to you. I put in a certain amount of nice guy Chuck E. Cheese tokens. Right. Why won't you fuck me? And it's very easy to think yeah. like that's what Holden is doing. I right do not there. think that this movie shares that idea. I don't. No. I do think, though, like when you want to talk about like, hey, if you want to get on the Holden being shitty train. You got a few more scenes later on that oh, are yeah. really he's capitalizing He's absolutely on that. shitty person. He sucks. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. He completely tunes out talking to Alyssa at all when oh, yeah. he finds out that she's he gay. He makes such a... Be- great reveal. Yes. And Jason Lee's looking around and he sees that he's in a gay bar and he's like... Oh, well, yeah. Jason, Jason Lee figures it out. And then and he, he starts clapping again it. and then yeah. he does the... That was a shared yeah. moment. It's great. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And because, you know, the scene prior when they're in their their little comic book studio, you have Ben Affleck being like, she she fucking loves oh, me. He's, he's got so, the best he's so dance. so confident. That... Yeah. He's like, he, she, she loves, loves me. Oh, yeah. She's so Confetti. into me. Into the... Yeah. Oh. Um, hold on. What's, what, what's one that we both know? What's one that we both know? Yeah, come on. Uh, Oh, Terminator. You know what? I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just want to get to the pretty part before we choose. No, I understand. You don't have to say that your favorite overdrinkers are with me, but if you want to say it right now on the record, I mean, I think, I think, like legally, I do have to. We'll see. We'll see. I got a couple more coming up uh, this year that are, yeah, are going to we'll be see. a lot of fun. We'll see. Um, so these are good too because like not only do they break what we're talking about, but they also make it like, all right, stop talking about that random stupid thing. <laughs> go that you to didn't the need next to. fucking go thing. Go to Chasing Amy. Go back to that. <laughs> yeah. We get 10 minutes and we're talking about Chasing Amy for about five. Then we talk about Harry I do Potter. Think, I five. think before we were the most on Chasing Amy we've been so far. <laughs> we were actually. We, yeah, we, we were, stuck on it. We're on there. Um, um I also, I also think as, uh, so Joey Lauren Adams is absolutely fantastic in the movie. Yeah. Jason Lee is absolutely fantastic in the movie. The script is it's very great. tight. The script is like exactly what it needs to be at all times. You gotta act one, you doing. gotta act two, you gotta act three. The dialogue's really very, 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 very good. And again, punk rock Shakespeare. No one writes dialogue like this guy. These glasses, by the way, are very nice. They're perfect. They're very perfect, They're perfect. for what we're doing. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. We love you. I know, I've, I've never met you, but you seem like a very polite person. You know Andrew. Do I know Andrew? Which Andrew? British Andrew. Wait, British Andrew? Yeah. The one who doesn't like anything? Yeah. Oh my God. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. I, that's why I was like, why are you not? Why I'm are you sorry being... I don't work at the coffee shop anymore to give you your W Americano for a very low price, but you are a very nice person. You know what he's thinking right now as he heard this? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Him and I, we didn't mean to insult your accent too. Like your accent is actually like really, really nice. Yeah, that's just on point. Really he, like uh, I, I think I was like one of the last people he really liked working there. <laughs> Probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he left after I yeah, did. I've, I've known Andrew now for like, and this will make him gas probably, but I've known Andrew now for probably almost. 15 years. He's, uh, uh, I might be overselling it a little bit there. Probably 10. He just rolled his eyes and he went, as if. 
Bloody hell. Do you say as if, Andrew? All right, we're not talking to him. We're not, <laughs> He's uh, a good guy. I really I really like Andrew. Yeah, he probably doesn't like Jason and Amy. Oh my god. Fuck no. No, no. no, no. He doesn't. He's not going to He's not going to get this far in this episode. You don't think so? If you tell him that he comes up later, then maybe. Andrew, if you're listening to this, if you tell me that you listen to it, blink I'll twice. give you a prize. <laughs> oh, blink t- the next time you see me, don't say anything. Just blink twice and walk away. It's like, here's your ramen. Goodbye, sir. Um, so uh, you got your phone. You got your phone vibrating. Sorry, huh? my, my girlfriend, uh, she wants me to call her later. Yeah, we'll call him later. I'm gonna call it now. We're almost done here. Yeah, um, we're in there. So uh, the the screenwriting really awesome. Script is tight. The dialogue excited. is funny. The dialogue is heartfelt. Like, I, did you yeah. cry while watching it? Recent on the most recent. <sighs> I mean, like, I'm a sensitive boy. I cry. No, so like, I I think I've alluded to kind of like the catharsis that this movie has given me in in different forms. Mm-hmm. But like, I didn't cry. But like the. The reason I bring up not liking the kissing in the rain moment is because everything before the kiss gave me goosebumps. Because it reminded me of, like, when I was in my early 20s, I was a stupid a stupid boy who didn't understand the multifaceted nature of love. And I was really into a girl who I was chasing. I was really into a girl who was never going to be into me, not because of her sexuality, but just because, like, it was not going to work. But she loved me as a really close friend. And I loved her as more than that. And I and I chased that idea of her being more than that because I thought that if I showed her how much I loved her, she would in turn love me the same amount. Mm. And as I'm sure you guys listening know right now, that's not how those things work. Yeah. And, and you didn't act like a dick about it, did you? No. I mean, I, I could have been... She never told me I was a dick. Mm-hmm. And even like... You were also a child. I was also... Dude, I was like 19, 20 yeah, years old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, I'm not trying to cover up what... A I, child by New Day standards. A yeah. child by New Day standards, yeah. A 19-year-old um, is still like a fucking 13-year-old in my opinion. <laughs> I agree 100%. And like, you know, I think that the reason I have problems with... Alyssa kissing Holden and them coming together is because if I see myself, my younger self as Holden, and I see Alyssa as that person I was chasing, it is better for her never to chase, never to kiss that person because he's bad yes. news. And and she learns that. She learns that. A and that's too late. And that's she the realizes moral... like I should not have done this. Like yeah. she she thought that Holden was like a really well Put Rounded, mature, yeah, because yeah, it's it's, the it's the whole thing with like relationships where it's just like when you see that you want to be with somebody because you're interested in yeah. them, you kind of change who you are to be attractive to them. When it and comes, then like yeah. when they get and there's also like the there's the flip side of that which they state explicitly in the movie, yeah, I, I, like in a way or so, the things that made Holden be attracted to Alyssa, yeah. The fact that she is um, spontaneous and that she is uh, electric and impulsive yeah. And, yeah. and just like and, – and is funny and charming and charismatic. Like all of these things are why she did the things that she did before she met him. Yeah. And it's – she's not his. She, he doesn't own her now because they're sleeping together and they're dating. I mean like – She we, did we, all of these things before that led up to she, her meeting him. She did lie to him. The thing is like we, we can't conclude any part of this conversation without discussing the fact that, that she did lie yep. to him about him being the only guy she slept with. Which, Does like, she ever say that? 
She doesn't say... She, it's not that she says it explicitly, but the ends justify the means. She infers. Yeah. She infers, and then when they're having the final fight, she's just like, yeah, it's, I it's, uh, told you this. It's, it's to lying by feel. omission, Exactly, exactly. And so she, she like, even admits she to... Said, to I said, I said... Because you felt so special that I lied to I you. I didn't want to take it away. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, the thing is, like, you know, hey, listen, don't lie to your partner about stuff like that. Be honest, because your relationship with them will always be better for it. But, like... That's why I bring up, like, I don't identify with the rainy kiss that happens. Because mm-hmm. I identify with Holden before that. I identify with that character who is chasing something that shouldn't be his. And I still think that. That's why the unbelievable part of that movie is that Alyssa would even like him. Mm-hmm. And then in the post part and the after part, I identify with Alyssa because me as an older person and me going through the experiences of almost a decade, I've done my share. I've done my thing. I've come out and identified as queer and and I do what I want to do. And like, you know, I haven't, I haven't had to deal with so much adversity being probably just being a white guy. And that's like a lot of what that situation has a lot to do with it. It has, has the most, it has the most to do with it, but I do identify a queer. I do identify as queer and I do date a woman. And like that raises eyebrows when I try to bring up that conversation, and I also have done my thing. And yeah, I've but those been are around. asshole eyebrows. Don't care about asshole eyebrows. Don't care about. Don't care about. Don't, ice. don't care about asshole eyebrows. <laughs> you don't have to do that. But that is the whether Kevin Smith is trying to do that right now, or or is or isn't or is concerned with that. That's the spirit of these movies. Mm. That's the idea of being like, if you're a punk. If you really are trying to be a punk rocker, if you're really trying to do the thing, if you're trying to be an emotional person, you do not give a fuck about what culture thinks of you. And that's the spirit of the 90s right there. And that's what this shit's all about. And that's what Kevin Smith is all about. And that's why you have Shakespearean punk rock, because like all that dialogue, all that flowery, extra vocabulary, all that stuff that happens, that's what it all centers around, is being like, no, do you. Be happy. Do what you want to do. And Kevin Smith was saying that way long ago. And, like, the perspective probably was different. And the way you come about it was probably different. But, like, that's the spirit. And that's what you have to listen to. And, like, you know, when you watch things that are trying to be progressive, they're from a different time period, it's the spirit of it that you have to listen to. And it's the spirit of it that should be endowed with you. And, like, it's the, so- the social context should be understood. And that's what I think. 100%. And that's, I think that that's the, that's the, the big thing to take away with Chasing Amy watching it 20 years later and and going like, yeah, some of that dialogue is a little dated. And it's like, yeah, he was saying stuff that people were saying back then. And he's trying to date it in the conversation. He's trying to say, don't say that. Don't do that. You know, I, I, we got to talk about that diner scene real quick though. Cause like we're coming to the end real quick, mm, but like, I don't want to cut you off because you're on a, you're on an emotional no, uh, I appreciate I appreciate now. you giving me the, uh, the 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 highway. You're right doing there. good, man. You're Thank bringing you. a tear to my eye. Thank you. Um, we do got to talk about that diner scene though. So Holden is like paying the Jane Silent Bob, Jane, Silent Bob, Bob yeah. kind of stuff. It's very much like you know, it's it's the midpoint of the movie. It's before the 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 denouement and everything like that happens. It's the beginning of the third act. Yeah. It's 100%. It, yeah. It, it's like our character is in like the lowest point that he can be in because he's a fucking dipshit and he's fucking it everything sucks. out. Like I don't have to care. Yeah. You know, if I found out that a significant other of mine, not a specific one that I'm currently involved with or, or any others that I have ever been involved with, you know, if I found out that, you know, they were in like this really fucking weird uh like three-way 
back when they were in high school, I'd be like, yep. Oh, I'd be like, I'd be like, James Bond. James Bond. Yo, I did it. Um, that's the thing. Us being in 2018 and just like kind ah, of cinnamon spice, just kind of <laughs> butterscotch. scotch. Um, yeah. The Please. thing about us being in 2018 is just like it's not even like the idea of being like threesomes or threesomes or things like that. It's just kind of like figuring your yourself out sexually is just kind of like a part of the norm. Yeah, she's a girl that was hanging out with these two dudes that she was friends with. They would come over like when her parents were home. They would do stupid shit. They would probably watch yeah. dumb fucking the, videotapes. The thing is, the thing like is if he sat her down... That's, this is the difference of that story and like Kevin Smith is aware of that 100%. The difference is if Holden sat her down being like, hey, listen, uh, Banky told me this thing that happened. Can you tell me the real story of what happened? And she was just like, yeah, I had a threesome with these dudes. I'm sorry that I let 100%. you on. 100%. He would have been like, sick, this is great. And that's not how movies work. <laughs> but like, that's, you know, that's the th- that's the conflict of the film or the right. second half conflict of the film, you know? Yeah, and, and so like they're sitting at the diner and Jay yeah. and Silent Bob are absolutely fantastic. Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith are great in it's, those it's characters. It's so good seeing them in this movie like this because in Mallrats, I hate them. Yeah, well, they're easily hateable because they're supposed to be lovable and they're not. Like, well, just, when we, something's like, supposed them- to be lovable, like, imagine if Mickey Mouse wasn't charming. It would be the most <laughs> annoying thing yeah. in the world. Like, stop yes, shoving this thing yes, down my throat. Yes, yeah. yes, No, 100%. I totally agree. Yeah. And, and like, Jason Mewes is doing his thing. Kevin Smith is doing his thing as, yeah. as like, Jay and Silent Bob. Like, they are... They're kicking ass. And yeah. he's got this big monologue. Kevin Smith as Silent Bob has this big monologue where it's like, you know, Holden says he's like, I don't know what to fucking do. I feel like I fucked everything up and I feel like I'm not going to be able to fix it. I feel like I'm wrong, but I still feel the feelings that I feel. So I feel like I'm right, but I just I don't know what to do. And, and then Kevin and Smith or Silent Bob gives a gives an explanation of being like, you know, you're, it, you're, ch- you're chasing Amy, chasing Amy, but chasing which is a euphemism essentially for. You you feeling too much about yourself yeah. when you were feeling too much about yourself, like blanket statement, feeling too much about yourself when you're supposed to be taking into account yeah. another person's feelings. And this is something that like and always we can, I think it. we can understand the movie with this certain lens that I'm not sure if the movie has itself. But like, hey, listen, I'm open to a discussion, you know, male toxicity and male ego mm. and the male lens like. That's that's what we can kind of dwell from that movie where when you when you talk about Holden's big hang up is male inadequacy. One hundred percent. Yeah. What that's that's it's it's so clear cut. There's not really any way to divide it. It's almost pretty much given to you on he the feels platter. Very stale. He does not feel just good like in his yeah. job and yeah. in his in his sexuality that is like how what's going that's, on. That's that's the progression of that. So, you know, because he is just feeling male inadequacy that like that's that that is what the holdup is of that movie and um uh fuck I'm sorry for hours. The, well, the 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 rings are like they're like a <laughs> metaphor, like an allegory for like the rubber banding dick, that you were talking jokes. about. The dick jokes. I think I had several good 
smart points. This is the way it works. All, yeah, it's, you, right. got, you, you get, you get the, me really fucking drunk. You saved drunk. it for the end, and you shouldn't do that. It's a classic overdrinker's mistake. Yeah, this is You true. get it all out there. It's true. Um, I think we are getting to the end right here. So I yeah. think like the last thing that I do want to talk about uh, real quick is that is that last scene uh or not the last scene but the at scene the comic-con with, with, no no not comic-con oh, okay. the the meeting the in the, the threesome yeah. kind of thing the idea we should all fuck to we should this. all fuck as it because because uh, to to someone like holden who holds uh sexual history to such a high standard for no fucking reason at all i don't he know feels how like they that's would, the answer it's do you, to think it's do you think it's kind of like weird that we don't get any kind of because the backstory enough not even to hold him i, I guess no, like it's for, i think it's supposed to be like a mental breakdown kind of thing i think it is supposed to be like in that moment he yeah. is like out of his mind and he's mm-hmm. trying to figure out a way to maintain stuff and all he has to do like there's a reason that Alyssa showed up at the yeah. apartment when she knew Banky was going to be there. Yeah. She showed up because she was like, what's going to happen here? And as soon as he's like, I brought you both here and I guess you're probably wondering why, but I figured I could I could try and talk to you. And Jason Lee's like, yeah, I figured you could kill two birds with one stone. You could tell her to which, fuck off. You don't have to explain it to me. Which, you know, that's not what happened, but the two birds with one stone comment is, is right. It's very it, much it what's very going much on. And then yeah. he he like gets in Jason Lee's face, in Banky's face, and he says, yeah. he's like, I'm going to tell you this one time. Shut up. Yeah. And like backs off and he, he, he starts talking about what he's doing. And he's sitting in front of a TV with a bunch of swimming fish caught in a fish tank. It's a metaphor. Yeah. It's, they use those in movies to kind of, Come here. Yeah. Tell me what's up. They use like really subtle metaphors and backgrounds of movies to try and instill the sense of like so, stillness. And, like, so you, when, you I, when I went, like, when you, I like, went you to. You can't escape like you're stuck. When I went to like film that. school, like I, they I never, they I never told I, me. We don't have time for this. Film school? No. Yeah, we don't, we have, don't time have time for this. Well, we when I went to, to film school. Everybody wants to go home. They have to. Well, you know, you guys could, you guys could just, you guys could just pause the episode. You keep going. Fine. Fine. That's my headphones. That was the loudest. Go on. No, it's, and I, I think that in that moment, Holden is given the opportunity where he's brought the two main characters that all he has to do is apologize to both them. Like, Banky, I am so sorry. That I put Alyssa above you and disregarded our friendship and our business partnership, yeah. and I want to fix that. And Alyssa, I am so sorry that I put my own sexual needs and ideas he and added, before you. He added and in this element just, that benefits him. He just does this crazy who, thing that makes it all about him. Who does the threesome benefit? Him. Holden. Holden. Hundred percent. Like that's, that's. I guarantee you. Look up Holden McNeil. Threesome. Like definition, like definition, <laughs> like what, what is it? Like urban definition, urban dictionary, urban dictionary. Yeah. And like a, a Holden is just like asking like your best friend and your ex-girlfriend to have a threesome to make everything better. Yeah. It's pulling a Holden. Yeah. And, and like, you know, you're, you're supposed to, at least now we can understand that movie in that context. And like, that's like, I guess, I guess like kind of what I've been kind of wondering about, about this whole conversation overall is again, the, the dichotomy of when Kevin Smith made this movie, how people received it and how we receive this movie now. And I do think that like the main difference is, are you a Holden or are you an Alyssa? And I think a lot of times in the movie, 
Are you a banky? Because you can be a banky. I think banky. a lot of people that want to go see like the new Kevin Smith movie after I Clerks buddy, and Mall. I have a buddy. I, I have a buddy who's a banky for sure. Yeah. and like he's someone who's the like, four way. We didn't even talk about the four way. But thing. the thing is, like, if great you're, joke, misuse of the word dyke. It's fine. fine. Good. Make, I, it's fine. I get it. I get what you're doing. If you're a banky, you're a Randall. That's the thing. <laughs> but I definitely have a friend who's a banky and a Randall, and he's also been the guy who's like every time I've been in a relationship that he's been like. This is going to be wrong. And he's right. <laughs> and he's right. But it's like you never want to fucking listen to him because he just kind of calls you out on your shit. Like, we all have that friend. Mm-hmm. And that's always kind of thing. And that that's kind of the beauty of Kevin Smith movies is that, like... It feels like you have friends like the all of way, these people. Yeah, that like, the yeah. way you shaked up those paradigms and, like, the way... Even though, like, I describe it as punk rock Shakespeare because of, like, the flowery, over-the-top, wordy dialogue... The human emotion's always still there, you know, like that. That's in everyone, thing. In yeah. every single I, one. That's the know? thing about dogma too. Like, I think the reason that dogma maintains itself is because he's waxing poetic about all of these. I think also ideas, because he's, there's he's an a, attitude. He's, well, the thing there's about, a heart. The thing about dogma is that like Kevin Smith is a Christian man. Yeah, Kevin Smith believes in God. Kevin Smith is a Christian. I don't identify that way, and I'm never gonna. And like, you know, more power to him. But the thing is, Kevin Smith feels that way, and he writes genuinely on that topic and guess what no one writes about religion like fucking kevin smith and no one ever will nope he got it no one ever will that's it we're in agreement kevin smith good director yeah uh needs a resurgence yeah good chasing amy good movie good movie great movie great movie masterpiece Mmm. His masterpiece, his best uh, movie, his best movie. What's I want to see movie? fucking Red State again. What's man? his best movie? Take Red State out of the equation. What's his best movie? Clerks. Clerks. Clerks is fucking awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode. Clerks was Over made Junkers. on credit card you stolen can go to money. And follow us yeah, on yeah, uh, yeah. Story underscore Screen underscore Beacon. You can find us at Facebook uh, Story Screen Beacon. Visit our website, uh, storyscreenbeacon.com. Uh, we have a store there where we sell some Buy t-shirts. a fucking t-shirt. Thank you, Robbie. That's it. Thank you. High five. And uh, if you guys want to listen to more podcasts where we talk about movies very respectfully and don't do anything silly or weird. Or drunk. Or drunk. Uh, you can find us on any podcast like where you're listening to us right now. There's many more. We have almost 150 episodes. We're getting very close to that. We're very, 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 yeah, very close to that. Yeah. And uh, Robbie, I wanted to thank you very much for. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Would you say you said Jurassic Park before? Like, uh, what was that? Uh, Jurassic Park is. How's Jurassic Park? Go? Wait. Um. Uh. Don't. Uh, no, no, wait. that's the beginning. That's not the actual thing. Thank you. I want everyone to know that we almost drank a fucking bottle of this no, shit. we're like half... Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Just checked it. Yeah. Um, thank you guys again so much for listening. Robbie, thank you so much for joining thank me. Thank you for having me. Really uh, maybe we'll, we'll be able to talk about Chasing Amy a little bit more, but I don't think <laughs> anybody's interested in what we have to I say. Think we had a, I think we have a very good episode. Uh, the last episode I was on when we were doing Gardens Galaxy, which please listen to that. 
I oh, stole, very much listened. I that. stole the show away from you, so I was glad to kind of just be a guest on this and, one. And, and just take it in. Yeah, you're absolutely great, Robbie. You're one of my favorite people. You're one of my favorite. People. I love you. I love you. I would do anything for you. I'll do anything for you. And I think that the way that we can carry our relationship to the next level is keep on drinking tonight off mic. Yeah, and then we fuck. Are we gonna have a three? Just a two? Just a two way? I don't mean fuck. I mean, like, maybe we should just, like, you know. Drink more beer and talk. Yeah. Do you want to fuck? Are you trying to fuck? Easy. I don't want to. No. We can talk. We can talk about it. Let it go where it wants. Let it go where it wants. Let it go where it wants. Bye, Andrew. Bye, Susan. Bye. Thank you for, you know, I quit. Thanks, Wayne. And bye, everybody else. (laughs) See ya. That's it. So those rings are dick jokes. <laughs> so and that's Kevin that's Smith. That's Kevin Smith. Just loving it. What is why is he doing that? That's his, the entire that's the entire game. Uh that what is I don't that? Know. That's someone saying the F bomb. That's someone saying the D Y word. And that's Kevin Smith being like, this is great. This is great. These rings are him coming up oh, with that per- was a different so that's a progressive character telling the character saying the bad things to uh, shut the fuck up whoa yeah you hear that I see you it. hear that dick joke 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 cool. Holden telling you what's good don't have so much passive aggressive homophobia being so gay <laughs> <laughs>